and welcome to CCVJ Perspectives Podcast, providing access to leaders and influencers within the ever-evolving ecosystem of lawyers and legal professionals. We are pleased to welcome Anna Salas Siegel as our guest today. Anna serves as Executive Vice President and General Counsel for NBC Universal Telemundo Enterprises and oversees all legal resources, including the division's business and legal affairs team. As a key member of the senior leadership team, she is responsible for managing the day-to-day -day operations of the legal department and supervising all legal and business affairs issues impacting the group. In addition to overseeing strategic and complex commercial agreements, Anna serves on the NBC Universal Management Committee. As general counsel, Anna oversees a portfolio of businesses, including a US broadcast network, as well as multi-platform domestic and international production and distribution of Spanish language content. She also manages all major domestic and international business transactions and initiatives, providing corporate executives with the rigorous legal analysis required to advance business objectives. Anna, it's a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Anna, your day-to-day -day responsibilities include overseeing all legal resources, including the business and legal affairs team for NBC Universal Telemundo Enterprises. Please talk to us about your experience serving at the intersection of both business and law. Well, the intersection of business and law is really what drew me to going in-house early on in my career, rather than staying at a large prestigious law firm. I left early on because I found myself working on discrete portions of random assignments rather than on the entire deal itself. Now I'm sure that as a law partner, I would have been working on the entire deal, but the motivating factor at that point as a young associate, feeling like I was moved from department to department, and I found myself in um, due diligence assignments for matters that I really never fully understood or clients who I didn't know was not the way I wanted to spend the early years of my career. But today I feel inspired that I work in a fast-paced, constantly evolving industry like media and entertainment, which I truly enjoy. And in addition, my position allows me to apply legal analysis and business principles on a daily basis. My job doesn't just consist of the narrow application of legal principles, but rather the use of those principles as a means to making the company better in every aspect, whether it's studio production, broadcast exhibition, or digital streaming. And as the GC of Telemundo Enterprises, I really have two main responsibilities. I set business objectives, I make risk assessments, and I establish the business and legal policy for the company. The second objective is that I establish the strategic vision of the department, and I ensure alignment with business needs with the business needs of the company. Now I use contractual principles to manage risk and find creative solutions to get projects completed in a timely manner. And that's the part where I really feel that the business aspect of my 
day-to-day -day responsibilities come in. So that I use contractual principles to manage risk. And then I find creative solutions to get the projects completed in a timely manner. So for example, during the, the pandemic, really all of last year, my team and I had to get really creative after a hiatus of about three months beginning in mid-March to figure out how to resume business as usual as an entertainment company. So in July, while following health and safety protocols, we tried to figure out a way while not putting anyone at risk to get back to work. So as a result of our creativity, we created a detailed strategy following all legal and health protocols. And we were actually able to make Telemundo Network the first network to get back into production during the pandemic in the US. Wow, that's an amazing accomplishment. We just returned back to work in mid-January with a like a rotation and all kinds of strange rituals and sign-in sheets and things like that. So congratulations to you and your team. That's amazing. Thank you. It's it's definitely a work in progress. We've not only returned to production on certain ongoing series, but we've actually started series during productions. We've done them both in the US and in Mexico and Colombia, where we've decided we just have to continue business as usual, continuing with all the health and safety protocols we've put in place and all the new lessons learned that will probably continue in effect even after the pandemic. So Anna, as we were preparing for this episode, you shared a wonderful expression you use with your business unit leaders, which is, please do not bring me the cake just to frost it. Can you talk more about the spirit of that expression and how it helps inform your relationship with your business unit leaders? Yes. Um, Definitely, it's, it's an expression that I've used often throughout my career. And the idea behind the saying is that really it's about a relationship between the business and legal affairs department and the studio and network executives, and that it's a collaborative relationship. And like any collaborative process, the sooner it gets started, the clearer the communication between the parties, the greater the trust between my team, myself, and the executives, the more expedient and the more successful the final outcome. Don't, don't bring me a finished product just for me to make it look pretty. When I create a legal contract from scratch, I need to be aware of every single detail that goes into the contract. I need to be aware of, and I carefully consider each element that goes into that contract so that I can provide the best advice to the company on the contract. Same goes with baking a cake. Now, I don't bake, but I'm told that you need to be aware of all the ingredients and that measurements are, are very important, right? So it's, it's basically the same thing because otherwise you're gonna get a beautiful looking cake, but that isn't gonna taste very good and may not be very healthy for anyone that consumes it. The same thing, you can sign a contract, everyone 
can think they have a great deal, but if I don't know what the parties intended out of the deal, if I am not in the room when the parties initially voiced concerns or their intentions, then no matter what legal language I use, no matter how good my drafting, I am not going to be able to accurately reflect what their objectives are. So I, I really need to understand what the parties discussed and agreed to because they, they also could have made verbal commitments that may have bound the company or at least set parameters for the deals that I'm not aware of. And another thing that my team does is it, it really serves as a nexus for all of our business units. They're business advisors and strategists who connect the various team members and executives to ensure that all of the business needs are taken into account and properly communicated. Because most deals do not involve just one business executive or one studio or network executive. They will usually involve various divisions of a company. And sometimes those executives aren't talking to each other, not because they don't want to, but because they think the other parties in, within the company, they think they're informed or they're too busy or they run out of time. And so we're there to help connect the dots. If we're aware of a project early on, we can make sure that finance is aware, that human resources is aware, that the studio is aware that the network is doing something and the digital division is prepared and the marketing group is aware. So that once we get input from all of those groups, those groups don't have to take time out of their schedule to do it, we can do it for them. We then take back and into account all of those viewpoints and we make sure that when we're negotiating and when we're drafting the legal documents, we take all of those ideas, concerns into account and we create a better business relationship and a better legal document that's going to present the best possible outcome for the company. And not only in the short term when the deal is done, but in the long term which is difficult when you work in a constantly evolving interest industry. So often the same factor that makes media and entertainment so exciting that it's constantly changing and the digital environment has made that even more of, a, of an exciting industry is also what makes our jobs often more difficult because it's difficult to predict what technologies are going to come up what protections we need to create for the company. And so often we do something that the business folks don't do. We think critically about the dissolution of the deal as we're negotiating it and as we're drafting it. Not because we don't want it to go through or not to prevent it, but only to create contingency plans around it when we're drafting it. So that we often will think as a litigator would when preparing the deal. And that makes the drafting clearer and crisper, and it makes the document more comprehensive 
because we're not assuming as the executives may that it's all going to work out. That's great. That's what they should be thinking. This is all going to work out. We're all going to get along forever. But we are assuming we may not be the ones reading this document five years from now. Is a reader going to understand what the parties meant? And we're also not assuming that there's never going to be a disagreement between the parties. So we need to make sure that all of the objectives are easily identifiable and that the mechanisms to get out in the event of a disagreement are easily identifiable as well. And unfortunately, when those things happen, because sometimes they do, if legal is there at the beginning of the process, it makes it that much easier for us to be able to come in and implement a legal remedy and the outcome be that much more favorable for the company. But also as legal advisors and business strategists, but also as legal advisors and business strategists, you have to earn space in the room by understanding the company that you work for the industry within which it works and the business objectives of each of your clients within the company. Thank you, Anna. Um, I can certainly relate having worked on acquisitions several times throughout my career. Um, and this, this announcement is already out. So I can share that we recently bought another media company called Pinhawk and are working through that transition, which is which is fun and exciting, but it is very much tied to the spirit of the deal, right? Absolutely, absolutely. When people think of the general counsel or the law department, they often think of it as the office of no. How do you balance risk management and furthering the goals of your own organization? It's frustrating because I've often heard that in my career and I really start every day aspiring not to be the department of no. And I've taught every team that I've ever led in my career to do the same. We really don't have the luxury of being the department of no. Our job title is business and legal affairs, which reflects our mission to assist the company's evolution and if I continuously say no to growth opportunities, then there wouldn't be much of a business to represent. And at the end of the day, the executives will be reluctant to turn to us for advice. So the way I look at it, it really is about demonstrating your value to the organization generally and to the individual executives you work with. You can, you can ask, to sit at the table, you can complain about not being at the table, but you will always be invited if you show your value. And the way that I think of our team and, and my value added is in four distinct areas. One, we're strategic partners. So we look at the big picture. We look at all of the business groups and the cross functions within the company when we look at a deal and we try to future-proof our deals. What I was mentioning before about the industry and the, the trends, how do you future-proof a deal today when you don't know what the industry is going to look like 
five years from now? Well, you need to do your homework. You need to understand the industry. You need to read the industry rags. You need to listen to podcasts. You need to try and inform yourself. So that's one strategic partner, creative thinker. You need to find innovative ways to get to yes. Of course, it's easier to say no, but we're not in the business of saying no. We also need to be comfortable with working in gray areas. And that's where the risk management comes in because oftentimes you're really weighing different risks. And I'll, I'll get to that in a bit, but you're, it, it's a matter of evaluating different risks that the company and the executives may have to take. Then business advisors. So that's, that's the third element where we're complementing our business acumen, because again, we're business affairs in addition to legal affairs. And we're there to negotiate the deals, to evaluate the commercial value of either our product or the distribution of our product or the fee a talent may have. And over time, we've developed a certain expertise that has value. And we also know probably better than a particular department, what other departments value their particular assets and resources at. So we have a, a wider breadth of knowledge within the company than want any one individual executive. And we bring a different perspective to cost reduction and maximizing profits. Again, because we're involved in all these different deals and because we work very closely with the finance group, obviously they know their deal. They know the numbers better, but we're involved with different finance groups in each transaction. And we work very closely as a team so that we make sure that we cross train and that we learn lessons from every deal that we do. And then finally, we're legal advocates. So we keep abreast of legal developments, what's happening on the IP front, on the copyright front, what is happening on the regulatory front, what is, for example, the Biden administration going to do with respect to net neutrality? What is it going to do with respect to tech? Those are all things that are going to impact our business. And we need to be aware of those legal developments. And then we need to adequately protect ourselves against failures and against successes, because we need to make sure that we don't fail in the future and that in the event of successes, we don't find ourselves with partners who have decided not to participate in future successes, come back and try to get in years later. That's happened to us as well. So even when you have successes, not only do you have to try and prepare against the failure of a deal, but even when a deal is successful, you have to be careful that you clearly protect against 
parties who have decided not to participate in subsequent seasons or in derivative works from them claiming that in subsequent seasons, they really did have the rights to participate. So those are really four key areas where we show our value. And our job is to counsel the company. And really, unless something is illegal, which in my line of business doesn't really apply, that something may be a legal risk, but illegal doesn't often apply. You have to find a creative solution to turn prospects into profitable businesses. You can't just say no and move on from an opportunity. Really with creative thinking and a well thought out plan of action, I find that you can work around most obstacles. And as I mentioned earlier, if, if our team and the network or studio executives come together early, talk openly about the risks and opportunities, the deals usually work out. And for us, risk management is something that is always top of mind because often deals turn on how many risks a company is willing to take. I'm not in the room to say no. I, I'm in the room to point out the potential risks that I see through three distinct lenses. One, legal risk. And those are usually contractual commitments, right? You can be sued for a breach of contract or for a copyright infringement, those kinds of risks, that's one. The second one, financial risk. If a deal is not properly done, somebody is going to lose money. How much of it is often the, the analysis? And what are the, chance, what are the chances that it will happen and if it does happen, how much do you think you will lose? And then the last one is the reputational risk. The risk that the company's reputation will be harmed, that its integrity will be questioned, and that its reputation with its audience will be damaged. And then I evaluate those risks alongside the appropriate individuals in the room and I try to close as many of those risk gaps as possible. And that, at the end of the day, is, is my job. Not to say no, but to manage the risks. Excellent. Thank you, Anna. Being part of a media company carries a tremendous amount of social responsibility. What are some diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives that shape the culture of NBC Universal and Telemundo? I agree that, that it does carry a tremendous amount of social responsibility. And, and I do think that both NBC Universal and Telemundo are really meeting the challenge. Diversity now is, is Telemundo's new company-wide diversity, equity, and inclusion initiative. And it's aimed at advancing our DEI goals. One, to, to represent the diversity of Hispanic audiences across the company through our workforce, our content, and our community. And it's also intended to diversify our workforce, our talent, experts who appear on our shows, guests, vendors across all company divisions. And this effort, which will play an important role in defining and evolving our culture, 
while expanding our commitment to diversity and inclusion in media is focused on three distinct pillars. One is people, the recruitment, development, promotion, and retention of a diverse workforce. Then there's content to ensure that our content reflects our viewers and the communities that we serve so that what you see on TV reflects the people who are viewing it. The, the community that we create meaningful impact within our organization and our community at large to, to address social injustice and race relations. Then there's Meet the Moment, which is an NBC Universal actionable DEI initiative. And uh, it was designed by the Talent Lab, by the NBC Universal Talent Lab to challenge and inspire and unite us in ways that create lasting and meaningful change. And the Meet the Moment uh, initiative is viewed not only by NBC, also by Telemundo employees. And then there's also a Here She Can initiative. And this brings together the top female leaders across NBC Universal as a collective force to tackle the, the complicated and, and stubborn and critical issues for the women of NBC Universal. So actually this kickoff event was originally planned to launch with an in-person summit almost a year ago, back in March um, 12th of 2020. But we quickly had to pivot to a virtual gathering, which was really the, the first of many that we had last year. And we focused last year on respect in the workplace, diversity and inclusion, male allyship and work-life integration. We were invited as leaders to join a three-part sponsorship series to commit to creating a culture of sponsorship at NBC Universal and to develop the next generation of female leaders. And now as we head into 2021, we're focused on not just being a woman in power, but in using that position of influence to share the power with more women and all underrepresented groups at NBC Universal. And I couldn't be more thrilled to be part of that initiative. I really do believe that it will make a difference, that it will make NBC Universal a better place to work for women and for underrepresented groups. So let's dig into that a little bit more. Can you talk more specifically about your involvement with the DEI initiatives across the company? Yes, absolutely. So I'm, I'm going to start first with a program that is a talent lab. We talked a little bit about Meet the Moment as, as a talent lab initiative. These are talent labs that are development experiences designed to strengthen engagement and enhance professional growth and provide career advancement support and opportunity for leaders across NBC Universal. And there are three distinct talent labs for black leaders, Asian leaders and Hispanic leaders. 
and through the vehicles of sponsorship and external and internal learning events, these labs aim to build cross-portfolio communities of diverse emerging leaders and prepare them to contribute at a higher level within the organization. This year, I participated as an executive sponsor in the Elevar Talent Lab. And as I mentioned um, just a few moments ago, through the Here She Can initiative, I participated in the three-part sponsorship series. So we were really able to delve into what it meant to be a sponsor, the difference between being a sponsor and a mentor and how you could be a mentor, but more was also expected of you as a sponsor. And I really enjoyed the sponsorship experience. I enjoyed communicating with my sponsoree. I also enjoyed participating in events where I got to speak with other very talented individuals across NBC Universal, who I probably never would have met had it not been for this opportunity, who I've invited to build a relationship with me, who have actually reached out to me, and who I now mentor, but I also try to sponsor. And one of the distinct differences between the mentoring and sponsoring relationship is putting your own equity on the line for that individual. So as a mentor, you're going to spend time with an individual. You will speak to them. You will try to nurture them, give them advice. When you sponsor someone, you speak about them. You speak about their qualities. You speak about their abilities. And you put your equity on the line because if they don't fulfill your expectations or the expectations that you've set for them, perhaps it could look reflect poorly on you. And therefore, some individuals don't do that. We learned about those things, and I am very proud of this one individual who I, I've known, I actually have known for many years and have spoken about for many years. And so it was a very natural relationship. And there's others who right now I'm, I'm mentoring because I, I just met and I don't know well enough to be able to sponsor, but I really find that it is a learning experience for both of us. And it really is my responsibility to help those that have come behind me. And I found that I, I also speak at, um, at the Hispanic National Bar Association. I've been asked to speak to young lawyers, young Hispanic lawyers, and actually two of the individuals who I met through Elevar were also at this event. And so we've continued our relationship there as well. And I also do a tutorial at the University of Miami at the Entertainment Arts 
and sports law LLM track there. I've also mentored some students there. So it's, it's key for me. I don't just do it for women. I don't just do it for women of color. I try to mentor those who ask for help, but I definitely have focused in the past on women and women of color because I do feel that um, we have a responsibility to help those who in the past have had a harder time to level the playing field. And then another area where I'm very involved in is the Telemundo Mujeres Imparables Unstoppable Women campaign, which was launched in March of 2019. And it's a campaign aimed to advance women in business. It's a multi-platform campaign that actually celebrates the achievement of women from lead characters to programming themes and sports events, to leadership development, insights, and social impact initiatives. And it's amplified across all divisions of the company. And under this campaign, I sponsor a book club where we focus and read books about women and or written by women. So for example, this month we'll be featuring will be featuring the book Americana in celebration of Black History Month. And next month, we'll be featuring the book, The Likeability Trap, in celebration of Women's History Month. And it, it really has resulted in some great friendships coming out of the book club, an opportunity for women to come together to give voice to their experiences as working women, as mothers, as daughters, and to talk about the books themselves. It provides a space where they they can share stories. And just as a sponsorship and mentoring relationships, I, I have found that it has it is as gratifying for me being part of this book club as I hope it is for, for those others that are involved. So that's, that's really how I've been involved in the DEI initiatives. Wow. That sounds like a whole nother job on top of your, your, your regular gig, um, which sounds like two jobs as it is. That's quite the impressive um, span of, of effort and resources that you're offering to the community. And I admire it. Thank you. I, I derive a lot of pleasure out of it. So it's uh, it, it doesn't seem like a lot of work, but thank you for saying that. I love it. We've, we've worked with many women executives and executives in underrepresented groups over the years. We, uh, we host our women's event every November and it's, it, it is really rewarding and it's great to hear about the initiatives that you're involved in because they sound like what I've been calling women 3.0 that are less about talking about how you need to speak up and you need to take more chances and move out of your comfort zone and more into areas that are productive in terms of planning your professional or personal development. So that's terrific. 
I, I really believe they should go hand in hand. And I understand we're constantly juggling so many other responsibilities and we have so many roles as professional women, but to the extent that we can, I really think that they should go hand in hand. Agreed. So Anna, tell us, what are your hopes for the future of women and Latin women in corporate America? I hope that in the future, women generally and Latinas in particular feel more empowered in the corporate space. More empowered not only to be part of the conversation, but to lead those conversations and never ever feel like they're on the outside looking in. I really would want every woman to feel qualified and competent, even in a room filled with men. But what I'd really hope is that in the future, more women are leading corporations, governments, institutions, where other qualified women make up at least half of the senior leadership positions. As a Latina woman in, in corporate America, I've experienced barriers to entry, and I hope that future generations don't experience these barriers. I'm, I'm doing my part. That's, that's why I get involved in the things that I get involved in. And I'll continue to do those things to actively break down those barriers. And I, I'm, I'm proud to work at a company like NBC Universal Telemundo, where diversity and equity and inclusion are taken seriously and where actionable steps are being created to bring about change. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking the time and offering your perspective. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. And I, I hope that before 2022, that we'll get to spend some time together in real life. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much for having me today.